Hello, hello. Tune in for a very special episode with two very special guests. Welcome to another episode of Binge Eating to Food Freedom with me, Katie Papo. If you're ready for genuine and lasting freedom from binge eating, emotional eating, or out of control food issues, you are in the right place. Subscribe, follow, and enjoy the episode. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Binge Eating to Food Freedom podcast. I'm Katie Papo, and today I have two very special guests with me. First special guest is Linda, who, well, Linda worked with us last year and is still now, um, even though she now has gone from identifying more as binge eater to normal eater, now you're even working on other things beyond food, like movement. Um, So first of all, welcome, Linda. Thank you. And we also have Shahar, who who many of you guys know um, from previous episodes, if you've been listening. He is our mindset coach and expert in our programs, and he works with our clients directly. He has helped me very much in my journey with food as well. So thank you guys both for being here. And today what we're going to talk about is, I think, (laughs) we'll see where the conversation goes, but I think what we'll talk about is overcoming fear and, um, and what it really takes, I think, to change an identity of going from viewing ourselves as a binge eater or someone, or someone who can't be trusted to someone who can totally be trusted and to someone who feels like eating is more effortless, more normal. Like we see ourselves as those people who don't seem to struggle with food at all, like how to make that change. So Linda, you've very recently gone through that exact change. So who better than you with it being so fresh to share that experience? So I was hoping maybe you could first open up with um, a little bit about your own story and how your you know, relationship with food started. I'd be glad to do that. Uh, like other people I've heard do these podcasts, uh, my struggles with eating began a very, very long time ago. And when I look back, I think at the point I was given to think that I couldn't handle food, I probably actually didn't have a real problem, but it got in my head so much. And over the years, I tried different things And finally, um, when I last really dieted, it was ridiculously restrictive and unempowering and almost disrespectful to myself, I think, to approach my life in that way. I lost a lot of weight. It was a traumatic time. But as everybody knows, that doesn't last. And increasingly, I felt like outsourcing my responsibility for myself and diminishing myself, including in a 12-step group being told I was powerless. That just didn't sit right. So there was this constant dissonance. And in recent years, as I restricted or dieted, it actually got to the point where I didn't expect success but I was so afraid of the failure that I didn't dare not do it because my expectation for success was limited or non-existent. But I thought if I didn't at least try, 
what then? So I trust as you started out um, this segment was the issue. I was told not to trust myself. I learned not to, and I focused so much on it that it just took up too much space. Thankfully, a few months ago, probably two or three months ago, before I became aware of rewired eating, I had just decided on my own, whatever happens, I can't do that anymore. I'm not dieting anymore. So some of the concepts that you use in rewired eating had begun inside of me. I wouldn't know what to do with it so much. And I, I more learned what I'm not doing anymore. And I started to use the word peace. I felt more peaceful with food. And so in my little tiptoeing nascent entry into this new world, I recognized in your concepts what was coming to me as truth and where I needed to go. Mm, I think that that's um, what you just said about knowing what you weren't going to do anymore. I think that that's one of the, for a lot of people, one of the pivots that has to happen in order to even begin a journey like this is to kind of retire from the old way. And I feel like for you, you really came into this with a spirit of trust, even though, of course, there's the doubt, of course, there's the fear, of course, there's the uncertainty. Um, and what a long history, I think so many people will resonate with that. Like I've, I, I can't even count the number of times I've heard people say I failed everything that I've tried. And I still binge and I still end up back at square one. Was there something specific for you as you were going through, I would say, like the beginning of this process where you still were holding the identity as a binge eater and you had known about your history? Like what I'm curious, actually, what kept you showing up as fully as you did? Well, I I had the blessing as I was encountering or deciding what I wasn't going to do anymore um, and finding some peace with that. I had coffee with, well, Hannah is actually a friend and we don't see each other often and I hope it's okay that I mention that. But I asked her what she was doing and she told me about it and I trust her and respect her and it, I was just ready. It just came at the right time for me. And then I listened to some of the podcasts, which were so powerful for me. And I identified with so many of the people I heard from. And then when I just encountered you and Shahar, I just knew to trust you. I just knew to. Um, and I think I'm I think I'm pretty good at judging character. <laughs> but I I knew I needed somebody to guide me who knew more about it than I did and was credible and it didn't feel gimmicky or it just felt so authentic and real and right to me. I suspect that's different for every person, but I feel fortunate 
that this just came together at the right time. But if it hadn't been the particular moment, if I'd been exposed, if I'd listened to those podcasts, I think that's all it would have taken because those those women I heard were me. <laughs> you know, their struggle was my struggle. And I was I was ready, frankly, to treat myself better and to treat myself with more respect and trust than some of those ridiculous diets and to be more in harmony with the rest of my life. I'm, I don't like thinking of myself as a can't do person. I'm a can do person. So at long last, I had a different idea, exposure to a different concept that was more about yes and less about no. Yeah. I think that's huge because, and Hannah and I were actually, uh, two episodes ago, <laughs> Hannah and I did an episode on OA specifically. So I'm saying that because you mentioned the 12 steps. And even though, of course, there's positive things that we can say about groups like that in general, yes. that the the methodology with eating wasn't working. And Hannah specifically mentioned that idea of of being powerless, of calling ourselves powerless when what if that's not the truth? And if we are a person who has that can-do attitude of this can be overcome, that's not aligned. Um, it's one thing to feel our humility of where we are and the journey and everything like that, but um, to label ourselves as such as powerless can maybe mo cause more harm than good. And I was curious about, um, because you, I think the last I've read your writings, you said, I actually feel like now I'm a normal eater and I can really say that. Right. And, and you had written a little bit that I was hoping you could elaborate on here. You said you started out like with that identi identity of as a binge eater. Then it was like a transition to the identity of someone who's recovering and then and doing the work. And, and then you realize that this identity of like a normal eater surfaced for you. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit maybe about that transition and what were some of the, the mindset shifts or practices or tools that you've used that you've found especially helpful that helped you make those shifts? Uh, writing the wins every day, reinforcing the positive again, yes versus no what's positive what's working it's more aspirational it's more hopeful and affirming uh, the any amount even beyond the point where it was explicitly part of the program to do an any amount walk i kept doing that um, the pleasure principle that was a little harder uh, but instead of restricting and negativity, because I was at the point, I didn't even enjoy food before. It was just laden, fraught with all of this angst, but that I could actually slow down and enjoy it. So any amount, pleasure principle, the food experiments uh, where you slow down and actually are more aware of what you're tasting and going for that rather than the numbing. Even just having that simple concept of the numbing, 
that was pure truth to me instead of the over analysis. Well, it might be that you're hungry, might be angry, might be lonely, might be tired, whatever, just whatever. Uh, give it up and realizing for me, fortunately, really quickly, there was a more peaceful way to live was just so attractive. Um, so it just, it just came together. And I remember, I remember your journey, Linda. And I remember what, uh, from the first point, I remember that even though there was a lot of fear, even though there was a lot of worry, you, you really stepped into the role of you, the hero of your own journey and not into the victim of your own journey. And everything you're describing right here is, I don't want to be a victim of food. I don't want to numb. I don't want to, I want to live life. I want to experience life. I want to, the restrictions and the dieting and all these stuff are all just ways to avoid life, to, to fear it and to cower. But you stepped into, I am the hero of my journey. I want to live it. I want to, I want to experience the pleasure, and but at the same time, I want to be free. I want to have that freedom to be a normal eater. To be, and by the way, we talked about this is being be, this is beyond a normal eater. I I like to call it natural eater, right? Where you are eating, but at the same time, you are listening to your body. You are in tune with what you need. It's not even. It's not. It's no longer about food. It's just about constantly what you need what serves you and you are in tune with that and you have trust and, and a healthy relationship in your own mind with your body. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that transition happen to you. It was fantastic to watch. You did such a good job. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I've, I think I've mentioned to you before, this is a powerful image to me, but at our house, we live in Wisconsin. So, you know, winter and spring are very concrete concepts and I believe for three years, there was a cardinal that would come and over and over and over fly, really crash itself into a picture window. The same bird, the same window over and over and over, you know, and that is like an image for me. Maybe that bird didn't know what else to do. I didn't know what else to do before, but finally, you know, knowing what I'm not doing anymore. Uh, that bird doesn't either doesn't come anymore or knocked itself out or it's past its life, whatever. But the, I think it's symbolic too. that bird doesn't crash into our window anymore. But I just was unwilling to do the same things over and over. And I was unwilling to treat myself that way. It's like, you know, I deserve better than this. I need to have more self regard than this. And I at last in your program found something I could believe in. Um, before it was just, I, I didn't know what else to do. And now I do. And it's not just about food. It's about a way of living. It's broader than that. It's, it's looking at life with yes rather than no as the starting point. And so it's just a rich experience that extends well beyond it. And I feel so much more whole 
and integrated, that dissonance is gone. So thank you very, very much. I have no idea, as many years as I struggled, how you could have landed on all these concepts, but I'm so thankful that you did. <laughs> well, we're thankful you joined. <laughs> yeah, I was, that image of the Cardinal, I hadn't heard you say that before. That is extremely powerful. And for, I think for me, I had kind of the same thing, feeling like I'm like smashing into the same pain again and again and how frustrating that was. And I was praying and I was like doing, I didn't know, like you said, I just didn't know what else to do. And um, I'm curious for you, Linda, if you were to sit, like Hannah sat down with you at the table that day and she had gone through that experience and gone from like binge eating to, to normal eating. And, um, and I'm curious if you were to sit down at the table mm -hmm. with somebody new who was in that place of I'm smashing into the wall, what would you share with them? I would just say there is an answer. There is an approach. There is a way to treat yourself better. More suffering doesn't mean more success. It means more suffering. So believe in yourself. Find something, somebody, some program, and treat yourself better. When we put ourselves through those contortions, um, there's a disrespect in it that is painful. It's debilitating. And it's it's exhausting. It's just exhausting. I would say um, believe in yourself. Find somebody to believe in. Uh, listen to me. Hannah, of course, I had to ask. She wouldn't push it on me. But, you know, if you know somebody else, if you hear me or somebody else in podcasts, if you know someone personally and are fortunate enough that way, um, look at all the things you've tried, the advised things you've tried that didn't work. And what has it done for you? It saps your spirit. It's not just about weight. It saps your very essence. Try something positive. Do that for yourself. Believe in yourself. Treat yourself better than that. Thank you. I feel like that's, you know, because of course we have our approach and we're not going to be the only ones in the world who have an approach that's positive. But I think what we have going for us that stands aside from most of the things that people have done is it's not about quote unquote, our program. The program is designed to take you to yourself. We don't say follow us, right? We don't need followers. <laughs> like we're here to guide you to you. So that way, whether it's with food or whether it's with movement or your work or, or anything in your life, you'll be able to trust yourself and you'll build the skill sets and the tools to, to communicate properly with yourself so the trust can be built. And I think, you know, we've been talking about that journey from binge eater to normal eater. I think one of the biggest ingredients of that is the trust, because one of the biggest differences is binge eaters do not trust themselves with food and normal eaters do. So how is the trust built? 
Trust can only be built, and Shahar says this all the time, trust can only be built through proper communication, just like in any relationship. That's what's necessary. And so if you learn to communicate with yourself around food, around whatever it is that your body actually needs, that is the how you get the ball rolling. And that is ultimately how the trust is built. And that's exactly what you've done. That's exactly what we teach. It, we just, you know... We don't say follow these rules, follow these. Instead, it's here's how to build the skills so you can communicate with yourself. And once right. you learn to do that, you will have all the answers in any given moment. Right. The meditations were a whole new thing to me and slowing down and connecting. I have become so disconnected with my body and dismissive of my body that I think the meditations, the slowing down, the listening, the respecting and being thankful for my body was really powerful and essential. What were some of like the changes? Do you remember if there were, maybe it was early on or as you were going, like how you knew you were progressing along the way? Like changes that you saw in yourself or how you were relating to food? Well, pretty quickly, I realized that I could have trigger foods or binge foods around. And that was like the most empowering thing. And sitting down every single time to eat, not grazing, and becoming uncomfortable with grazing. I think I mentioned to you once, Katie, because it was kind of ridiculous, but illustrative too, that I was doing some cooking and I was needed to taste something. And without thinking, I sat down to do the taste even that a cook does to properly season the food. It's like, oh, that's ingrained, you know? So what new things became, I was gonna say uncomfortable, but unmatched. You know, and the power in knowing that habits could change. Um, this was a lot about habits, not about bad, good, just different and different habits, just less angst. And the, the pleasure of recording my daily journey, my wins, getting feedback for that, um, just building on it. And there was a point along the way before I claimed that I felt like a normal or natural sane eater, I realized it just came to me. I'm not afraid of food. I'm not afraid of food. Huge. Huge. That's a complete mind shift. Yes. And my head, I always wanted to be there. There was this tremendous dissonance. And frankly, the older I got, not only did I have more ingrained habits this sounds so morbid, but is it like, am I going to go to the end of my days being afraid of food? I, I do not want that life. And finally, I thought I saw a way out of it. Yeah. It made sense to me. It just felt uh, like a whole, like I could connect the dots. Mm -hmm. I had the same feeling like where I kind of got to that crossroads of, Am I just going to, am I going to die like this? 
like the like this is just my life now and mm -hmm. this is how I'll live till the end like no way no way <laughs> someone with a can-do attitude cannot even fathom that I there was one thing you said that um, reminded me there was it was like at some point you had mentioned that you had a binge it was like within the program right um and it you had a binge and I remember you writing about it and you said, number one, it was nothing like how it had ever been before. Right. And you acknowledged, you said, I actually didn't even like this. I was reminded of this because you just said that the old habits started to become uncomfortable instead of comfortable. And so you did the old habit, but you were like, I don't even like this. Like I have no desire to do this. And I wanted to just kind of shine a light on that because from transitioning from binge eater to normal eater, it's not about willpowering yourself to just go a certain number of days or a certain number of meals without binging. It's when the desire to binge is gone because right. that's the ultimate freedom. If we're still fighting ourselves, it's not freedom. Right. And even the words I used around it, you know, it just was, it felt more like an episode, this all or nothing black or white, um, it had a beginning, it had an end, it wasn't long. I recovered, you have meditations about what, you know, talking to yourself, talking through. It wasn't a catastrophe, it just was an incident. And the more power I would give that, the less power I would have. A lot of it is just getting out of the all or nothing, black or white thinking. It's like, oh, you know, it didn't require despair. It didn't require giving up. And I remember it was before a session we had, um, you know, after I disclosed what had happened the night before, you were actually kind of relieved, perhaps Shahar more even than Katie. I would just remember, it's like, well, this is sort of like a step you go through to get to the end. It was a I'll say a test, you didn't say that, but it was kind of a marker of growth in the end. So again, maybe that goes back to that shift of a few months ago. I'm not willing to give my power away. I'm just not. Yeah. And that's that's the like what you just said. It didn't require despair. It didn't require it's was not a catastrophe. And I, and I always do actually feel relieved, like you said, when we work with somebody, especially somebody new in the beginning, um, I'm like waiting for the first binge to happen. And I know that they're trying everything to not still because they're still in the old mind. But once that first one happens and then you lean into the challenge and you use the tools, like you said, we have the meditations and we have the reflection questions that is a process to retrain your brain even during a binge, after a binge. Like this is where the work can really begin. Until then, we're still just trying to stick with a program like it's a bunch of rules. Right. But this is where it's like, okay, now, and you had that attitude of I'm here to learn, I'm here to grow. I And like you said, it's, it's not all or nothing. It's not about I need to do this program perfectly. You were here to not do a program perfectly, but to create a life for yourself that you felt aligned with and that you felt in, in integrity with. Right. Alignment and integrity. It's exactly that. And I heard that in the podcasts. I mean, what a rich experience and wonderful way for people to 
get acquainted with the program and, or the program doesn't, the approach but with rewired eating and see if you identify with the people who found wholeness through it. Um, I saw in those podcasts, I saw and heard amazing people, amazing women whose journey, whose struggles were a lot like mine and beyond. And I knew if they found peace and wholeness, I could do that too. And here you are, you're right here. <laughs> From watching the videos to becoming one of the videos. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Yeah, and I, your process has been really amazing the entire time, man. Amazing in the way where how alien the binge eating and the restrictive thoughts became over time. Because I remember you had those pinches and you had those like, and you went like, I, I don't resonate with any of this. This is not me. This is not me anymore. And that that's really the truth of the process is when you do the work and you show up and you have the courage to step into it. That as you go through it, you are letting go of an old belief and slowly transition into a new one. Mm-hmm. And to the point that the old one is not you anymore, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm assuming if you saw yourself just a few months ago, just observing the same person watching the videos, like right now, and you're like, you have nothing to worry about. Just jump into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, what a, if I wanted to, I could lapse into anger about the bill of goods so many of us have been sold and the kind of, well, almost abusive nature of what we've done before. And maybe it's over dramatic and I don't want to trivialize or diminish somebody else's experience with that but you get to a point it's like no i will not live that way i will not be i will not treat myself that way you know it's bad enough if somebody else treats us poorly but to treat yourself poorly that really is you can't have peace with that you just can't it's impossible yeah so true well thank you linda thank you so much for sharing and um I hope that for those listening, you know, just like for you can see that not only is the end of binge eating possible, but even just letting go of that identity, which I think is even harder, right, is possible. Anyone can muster a few days maybe without binging or an afternoon without it. But once we get to the place of what if I were to shift my identity around this? What if I were to shift, like Shahar said, my beliefs, my habits, like all of those things form who we believe we are. And when those things start to change, and like you, you didn't go into this saying, I'm going to shift my identity. You went into it saying, I'm going to practice these tools. I'm going to build these habits bit by bit, little by little, any amount, slowly, slowly. And then one day you look back and you were like, oh, my identity is different now. Right. How powerful. And later in life, the optimism and the hope that that creates I can still change and the world can expose me to people 
who have wisdom and pure hearts. So this wasn't what you intended for this session, but I just can't thank you enough. I, I'm thankful that when I saw the truth in what you were doing and who you are as people, I recognized it. And I could put my well-earned cynicism aside. And I would encourage other people, you know, what else are you going to do? Find something and some people and some approach to believe in and then believe in yourself. Thank you, Linda. I think that's the perfect note to end on. So I'll thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story. I would love to have you again sometime. And, um, and Shahar, thank you for being here. And for those of you guys listening, um, like Linda said, you can believe in yourself. And sometimes it does take finding your people who can help you to get to that point, to change the habits, to help you build the trust and all of that. But know that it is possible, it is doable, and it is much easier than whatever it is you're doing now. So with that, I'll say thank you so much for listening. Um, if you'd like to check out other episodes, please do. Our programs are all listed on our website. Work with us in whatever capacity you feel resonates with you. And, um, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, follow, or leave a kind review. If you're ready to get down to business and work with me to end your food issues permanently, please reach out or go to katiepapo.com for more info. Be kind to yourself, and I hope to see you